Baruch Atah Adonai Eloheinu Melech HaOlam, Asher Kechanu B'Mitzvotav V'Tzivanu, La'asok B'Divrei Torah. Veharevna Adonai Eloheinu Et Divrei Torateka Befinu Ufi Amkavit Tisrael. Venie Anaknu Veza Etza Enu Veza Etza E Amkavit Tisrael. Kulanu Yodea Shemeka Velomde Torateka Lishma. Baruch Atah Adonai Hamlamet Torah Leamo Yisrael. Baruch Haba B'Shem Adonai. I want to welcome everyone to the Tuba Shavat. Get you some. The GYS. And uh, I wanted to share this because I know uh, as of sundown of this podcast, it'll be Tuba Shavat. So hopefully everyone gets a chance to take a listen to it. But I wanted to just share some insights. Uh, Rabbi Trugman and I have a wonderful little Seder book from Juliet Hurt with an I instead of a U. And then I have uh, On Deck, My Jewish Learning, uh, just as some uh, pretty cool, just kind of simple to do steps. So why don't I go ahead and start with that since that's the easiest way to kind of launch into this. So Tuba Shavat um, stands for the 15th of the month of Shavat. And again, we're in the month of Shavat, and this is the month of the Dali, which is the bucket. And uh, that's the mazel for this month. So it's all about uh, gathering in the waters of Torah, uh, studying and praying as much as you possibly can. Obviously, it goes without saying, acts of kindness should be a part of that because those are the three pillars, as we learned from Pirkei Avot. And so when we look at what we're doing this month and how we're celebrating the new year of the trees, this is all meant to be uh, pictures of of ways to grow in our relationship with Hashem, enter into a new season, pun intended. And so it is the the middle of the month, and it's important to note what's going on in the luminaries. The moon, it's at its fullest at this point. And so as we go into the 15th of this month, we're going to be celebrating the new year of the trees. And so when we uh, plant a tree, there are three years that it's forbidden. It's called Orla. And again, you can learn this in Vayikra. And so it'll go into the laws of planting trees it's called the laws of Orla, O-R-L-A-H. So you can always check that out. And there are some beautiful Talmud drops on that. And it all has to do with the forbidden fruit, which is connected to the three hours that we uh, did not wait to partake of the original fruits that Hashem told us not to eat of. So instead of having to wait three hours, now we have to wait three years. So the whole thing, by the way, is about uh, as far as the eating from the tree is all connected to extending everything out. Now there's waiting periods. You know, a husband and a wife now have to separate for a week, you know, uh, from uh, marital relations. You know, there's a eight day period that has to transpire. And then, you know, for us to partake of a newly planted tree, we have to wait three years and um, they're on the eighth day of the the male being born. We have to circumcise ourselves. So we have to wait eight days until we can perfect the physical body that Hashem has given us and so on and so forth. And so those are just a few examples. There are many that you can find, but I just want to point out that due to the fall, we now have to wait for things. And so it's interesting that in this generation, there's all the immediate gratification that is like so rampant. It's like, I want it, I want it now, you know, and I don't want to wait for it. And it's just like, well, you know, we put ourselves in this boat and the only way to get out of this boat is to wait. 
So if we listen to a shim, which I think is a really, really good idea, but I'm biased. So I don't know if you want to try to figure that out on your own. Hopefully you'll come to the same conclusion that if you do what a shim says, then typically things uh, rewind and repair themselves and work out like super awesome. Namely, the final redemption will happen. So one of the reasons why we haven't experienced the final redemption yet, obviously because it's not time, but also because we haven't hastened it. Uh, we spent so much time hastening our own desires as, as opposed to hastening Hashem's desires. And what is Hashem's desire? He's He told us plainly through the words of Mashiach in Matthew 28, go therefore out into all the world and teach them everything that I've taught you, immerse them. In the name of the Father, the Son, and Ruach HaKodesh, the Torah, prayer, mitzvot, like immerse them in all that. But nobody wants to make converts these days. So obviously, uh, I guess we just like exile or something. But I digress. So and another thing that's happening on top of that, the true image of a Jew is being maligned all the day. There's literally a a news article that's out there about a, a Jew who's a supposed Cohen who literally wrapped himself in a plastic sheet on a flight because he didn't want to fly over a cemetery. And he's forbidden to do so, and so he has to protect himself. And so there's a stringency where you can cover yourself in a plastic sheet. And it's just kind of like, okay, is that a stringency or is that like suffocation? Like, are you trying to do something? You know, and it's just kind of like, okay. So this is the level we've gotten to on someone who's supposed to be like the head example of the people. Obviously, the king is on a higher level than that. But, you know, a Cohen is pretty up there. So the representation of the nation, so to speak, as living as sacrifices, because the Cohen is the one who does all that. The Levites are his assistants. And uh, here he is, you know, oh, I can't fly over cemeteries. I'm going to wrap myself in a plastic sheet. On an airplane flight in the midst of people who are not wearing plastic sheets. And so obviously he sticks out and is like, is this a real person? Is this something that's uh, necessary? Is this for the coronavirus? Is this for, I don't know. And it's just kind of like, yeah, about that. We need to work on that, you know? And so obviously if you flew over a cemetery in an airplane, unless the pilot is doing a terrible job, you won't even see the cemetery. Okay, like, I guess if you're landing and there's a cemetery close to the airport, but typically thousands of miles in the sky, I mean, you're really going to have to zoom in to see the cemetery. And furthermore, you're not even going to touch the cemetery. So what are we really talking about? But anyway, um, and just as a side note, our Avenger Zolan, the Shomer version of the Submariner, he brought up that the whole world should really be considered a cemetery because there are people who are non-Jews walking around all the live long day devoid of Torah, which is being devoid of life. And obviously that connects to the commentary that says the wicked, even in their lifetimes, are considered dead. So if you really think about that, it's like you should be wearing that plastic bag like everywhere, not just on a flight. So what are you really trying to do? But anyway, and then there's the whole thing where people who are considered Jewish by blood, you know, and it's like, if you have a Jewish mother, then we want to talk to you. But if you don't have a Jewish mother, we don't want to talk to you. 
and forgetting that if you really follow that logically, uh, Abraham, our forefather, would have never got converted because he didn't have Jewish blood when he was born. He was born of an idolatrous woman and an idolatrous man. Yet he moved away from that and Hashem called him, he converted, and he didn't have a Beit Deen. So who were the witnesses to his mikvah and immersion? Who who was the witness of his circumcision and things like that? So there's a lot to kind of take into account when you really look at that. And furthermore, Mashiach says you have to be born from the Ruach. You know, I have to be born from above and really in order to be considered a true descendant of Abraham anyway. You know, this is Yochanan chapter three, John chapter three talk. And uh, furthermore, I took a picture of Midrash Rabbah. Uh, what chapter was that? It was 95, I think. Look at the sources here, because this is this was super encouraging for me, because I always talk about we do have a Jewish mother. And, um, you know, some people are like, what do you mean you have a Jewish mother? My mother's a Shekinah. But anyway. um, Let's see here. It is Midrash about ninety five three. But I don't remember this comment. Where did I see it at? Basically said that anyone who did the will of Hashem, they were considered um, born of the Spirit. Hmm. Also, while we're on this three-year thing about the Orla, um, that it says, so it emerges that as a three-year-old, Abraham became cognizant of his creator. And it brings down in the footnote, if Abraham served God for 172 of his 175 years, then it is apparent he became aware of God at age three, which is interesting because during the third year, like after that third year, now you can begin to partake of the fruit of the tree, but you have to start with bringing it to Jerusalem and eating it there in Jerusalem. And then in the fifth year and on, you can now partake of it anywhere. And obviously, um, there is no cultivating during the seventh year, which is the sabbatical year and uh, all of that. So anyway, don't really see that drop, but it is around that section of uh, boom, 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 the Midrash Rabbah 95.3 about us being born of the spirit because we do his will. So if you come across that, don't uh, don't say I didn't warn you. It, it, it is there. You will see it and you will be like, what? Uh, and if it's not in Midrash Rabbah 95.3, I saw it in one of the Midrash Rabbahs, but don't remember the exact location. So I apologize for that. I am known as source man and I don't like when I don't have my sources all together. But blessed be the name of Hashem. Here it is. It is 95.3. Thank you, Hashem. It says the Midrash concludes its discussion about Abraham. And furthermore, Abraham would adhere to the exactitudes of Torah and he would teach his children Torah. As it is stated, for I, God, have loved him, Abraham, because he commands his children and his household after him that they keep the way of Hashem, doing charity and justice 
The Holy One, blessed be he, said to him, you taught your children Torah in this world, but in the world to come, I and my glory will teach all of you the Torah. As it is stated, all your children will be students of Hashem. Yeshayahu, Isaiah 54, 13. So it's a lot to kind of take into account there, but being connected to being born again, born by the Spirit, a.k.a. becoming a Jew, uh, it all has to do with being in alignment with the Torah of God. So uh, just uh, say la. Amen. So back to uh, my little Tuba Shabbat drop here, that when you look at my Jewish learning, it says, set up your table as for Pesach, which is interesting. I'm going to drop a, a go to Trugman real quick. Rabbi Trugman, Sleeka. I'm so used to calling him Trugman that now I have to call him by his actual name. It's kind of awkward. So I just call him Rabbi Tonka Truck because that helps me re- remember. It's Trugman, not Trugman. Okay. Anyway, Rabbi Tonka Truck brings down Tuba Shavat, which literally means the 15th day of the month of Shavat is a full moon. One month later on the full moon is Purim, Shushan Purim, that is, because it's a walled city. And it says, and exactly one month later on the full moon is the holiday of Pesach. So we are three full moons away from Pesach. And now we're going to begin to bring in the spirit of Pesach with the spirit of renewal. So Pesach, renewal, uh Victory over Haman, which was a descendant of Amalek, which was a descendant of Esau. Like we look at all these different things and these three months that we're in, Shavat, Adar, and Nisan. Like these three months are all connected and and it begins with a Seder about the newness that Hashem is bringing forth from the earth, like a resurrection, so to speak. And um, everything has to do with resurrection from this point forward. So, I mean, it's just kind of amazing when you really think about Mashiach being offered at the time he was offered and how it all connects to resurrection because it was during Pesach. So it says these holidays coming one after the other on three successive full moons symbolize the very beginning of spring as well as the welling up of the forces of redemption. And notice how I said, like, this is all like a resurrection theme. And so now the theme is redemption. So when you really look at resurrection and redemption, they're closely tied together. Redemption and resurrection are closely tied together. Coming out of Mitzrayim, And slavery to a state of freedom is intimately connected to the transition of nature from a state of hibernation and uh, in action to one of rebirth and rejuvenation. There it is. Redemption, resurrection, hibernation and inaction to rebirth and rejuvenation, rejuvenation and Mitzrayim and slavery to freedom and Torah. Wow. So that's Tuba Shabbat. So we're celebrating the beginning of what we pray is soon to come, the final redemption. And it starts now. Tuba Shabbat. Let's hit it. It's important to note, too, when you think of 15, the two letters that represent 15, the Yod and the Hey, which we actually 
uh, don't delineate when we number the passages of the chapters in the Torah, because every uh, verse, every pasuk, pasuk is verse, has a letter. So if you want to say verse three, you say pasuk gimel. Okay. So if you want to say pasuk 15, you actually do tet vav, which is nine plus six, which equals 15. And then if you want to do 16, you don't actually do um, Yod Vav, you actually do Tet Zayin, which is 9 plus 7, which is 16. So when you really think about uh, this, this Tet Vav or the Yod Hey, which is the, the whole concept of 15, Yod Hey, first of all, is uh, Yod being Yeshua, Hey being Hamashiach. So Yeshua Hamashiach, who when you put those two letters together, Yod and Hey, it's also Yah. So Yah has to do with Tet and Vav. Tet is like this spiral. It represents time. Vav represents man. And so you have time and man. What is man going to do with his time? Are we going to actualize its potential or are we not? And it's interesting because when we look at Mashiach Yeshua, that he actually actualized the potential of man. And he led, he leads us out in that way, which is why if we're in him, we literally do bring the kingdom of God on the earth. But it's up to if we're going to connect ourselves, the Vav, to the Tet of time and redeem the time. This is why Shaul said that we have to make the most of our time. We have to always take advantage of every opportunity to speak wholeness, to speak truth, to speak light, to bring people into the kingdom. Don't tear people down. Lift people up. Find something to lift somebody up. And on that note, I want to bring up the fact that the artist Nassim Black, you know, Mr. Hashem Melech, Hashem Malak. This is the world makeover. Mashiach will come take over. You ain't got to see me or see what I see. All you got to do is take a look forward. Okay, yeah, that guy who did the rap, not the singing. The singing part, God Elbaz. Amazing. I love that guy. God Elbaz. Amazing. It's wonderful music. And then you got Nassim Black, who did the rap part on there. And Nassim Black has two albums. Shouts out to the boy. But anyway, he has a new song called Motherland Rock. And oh my gosh, I, I was just watching a video and I'm like, what am I seeing right now? He, I mean, he's he said he's like a Yiddish black Jew. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. But anyway, he's Orthodox Jew. And what he did in this video was incredible because he brought together cultures, you know, that there's like this tribal African-American, you know, Hasidic flair going on and people who are not observant. Uh, you can even see it in the video because they weren't wearing Kippa and Zitzit, you know. But, uh, you know, obviously the, the observant people in the video, they were. And there was the whole funny thing at the end about the hat and take off your hat and it's another hat under there. And the guy's like, what in the world? You know, but anyway, because, you know, as Jews, we double cover. So we wear our kippah always. Uh, and then, you know, when we go out in public, sometimes we wear like a, a nice hat, you know, the ones that I'm jealous of, like the fedora hat. I have a watermelon head, so it's really hard to do it. But I'm showman man, so I always have on two hats anyway. So who's really in competition? I don't know. Anyway, but uh, it was just an incredible video because he he lifted people up and he, he spoke the truth and he didn't like compromise anything. So 
the motherland is Jerusalem. And I mean, that's just a thing. Like everybody should know that that's the center of the world, Jerusalem. That's why it's a well fought over space. And that's why Hashem was like, you know, I'm going to build a temple here and I want the Jewish people to reside here. And I want the light to go forth from here, from Zion. So the Torah shall go forth from Zion. Anyway, so all of that, let us do that. Let's let's actualize this 15th and take these three 15s, which becomes 45, which is Aleph Dom or Aleph. Yeah, Aleph Dom, which is Adam, which is also the same gematria as Geula. So when you really look at all three of these 15s, if we potentialize the actuality, if we actualize the potential, there we go, of these three full moons, Tuba Shabbat, um, Purim, and Pesach, give it all we got. We set ourselves up for a beautiful path of redemption. May it be so, Baruch Abba Shem Adonai. Back to Trugman. He says, these holidays coming one after another, okay, we got redemption, resurrection. It says that the sap is rising in the tr- in the tree on Tuba Shavat, represents the initial point of the process, climaxing in our personal and national redemption from the narrow confines of Mitzrayim on Pesach. When Pesach gets here, and Bezrat Hashem, Hashem causes us to all enter into Pesach, Actualize that Pesach by seeing yourself as coming out of Mitzrayim. Get rid of slave mentality. Get rid of, you know, unsureness in your identity. You need to be who Hashem has renewed you and recreated you to be. As a new creation, who are you? You know, and we get to be that now because we have been delivered from Egypt and every day we're delivered from Egypt, should we choose. So, you know, you got to know who you are. And this is the cool thing about being Avengers that, you know, that's who that's a picture of what you can begin to do. You can do more than who your character is. But, you know, this is to kind of give you a little motivation, a little push, because think about the name of your character, you know. So me as Shomer man, Shomer, what is Shomer? You know, Shomer is the same word as samurai. Like, that's where samurai comes from. I'm a guarder. I'm a watcher. I'm a keeper. I'm a doer, you know. And so I guard, you know, and I, that means I don't play around. And so, you know, that's just how it is. But, uh, yeah, so always vigilant, always, you know, being a fan of people. Uh, one of the big things about Iron Man is he is a fan of all the other heroes, just like the Spider-Man guy when he showed up in Captain America Civil War. He was all like, hey, everyone, Ca- Captain, Captain America, I'm a big fan. You know, and Tony Stark says, hey, hey, you don't have to talk to everybody. But Tony Stark is always, you know, he's he's knowledgeable of everybody. So, like, when I got to sit in the front row of the drush of Professor Talmud, a.k.a. the Incredible Talmud. It was amazing watching him hulk out and just smash the place up. I mean, it was just kind of like, wow, was, this is uh, free entertainment. And it's it's like truth on steroids, you know. So anyway, but yeah, just being a fan. So, you know, who are you? What does your what does your name mean? You know, what what has Hashem called you to do? What do you know Hashem has told you to do? You know? 
me, I'm supposed to just bring it. Uh, what what it is, uh, droshes, uh, podcasts, uh, teachings, uh, dance, uh, rap, um, lyrics. I mean, I don't know all of that stuff. And so it's just like, okay, whatever it is, I just need to do it and and have no reserve. So I know that, you know, and I'm just like, okay, so help me, Hashem, because because obviously I'm going to need you on this because if you tell me to do something, you obviously want me to do it with you. Just like we read every day, Bereshit 22, Genesis 22, Hashem asked Abraham to bring his son to the top of the mountain and Hashem was with him the whole time. And Abraham was like, okay, one step at a time, I'm with you, you know? And so, uh, and just while we're talking about Professor Talmud, he said to me today, literally said, many of us want God to bless our destination, but really we need to understand he's blessing us every step towards our destination. So by the time we make it to our destination, Bezrat Hashem, that we look back and we realize he's been blessing us the whole time. So obviously when we get to our destination, it will be a blessing because we're literally blessing on blessing on blessing, getting to our destination. So just keep that in mind because our whole life is a journey and Bezrat Hashem, it ends with the final redemption, you know, so I mean... I mean, may that be so. Why are we waiting kind of thing? Because we don't have to die. I mean, you know, death is a part of life and we should all be prepared for that and ready. And yet at the same time, we can have the final redemption and just be changing the twinkling of an eye. So which one's easier? Which one do we want? So we should make it happen. Let's actualize this thing. Okay. Anyway. So going on to say from uh, my Jewish learning, because the Pesach drop, set your table up. They say you can set it up as white or other nice tablecloth, good dishes, flowers, wine, and juice. See, the thing about observance, there's not one way to do it. Everybody's going to do a Tuba Shavad Seder. I guarantee you not everybody's going to have a white tablecloth. Not everybody's going to have wine. Not everybody's going to have juice. Not everybody's going to have good dishes. Not everybody's going to have flowers. Did I miss something? No. Okay. Anyway, so pick some, make it happen, do it. Okay. So typically we want to do this at sundown on the 15th and uh, sundown into the 16th is the next day. So you want to make sure you do it from the 14th of Shabbat into the 15th of Shabbat. So per this podcast, you want to do it at sundown today. I mean, okay. So anyway, it goes on to say there is no requirement to light candles, but scented candles add a nice touch. One of the most amazing things that my Kala has done in previous years is she took essential oils and put it in the hand washing. Oh my gosh. Like, not that you're going to have hand washing unless you're eating bread. Uh, If you're going to have challah, I'm jealous. But, uh, you know, when you do the challah bracha, you know, put a little, put just a drop in there. Don't put too much. It gets, it gets ridiculous. Just put you a little drop of like peppermint or some kind of uh, aromatic floral scent in the hand wash and just kind of do the hand wash cup. And it's just like this beautiful aroma. It just hits you. It's just like, wow. But if you do too much, it's going to choke you and you're going to be like, ow, instead of wow. You're going to drop the W in the front. Anyway. So just uh, just know that because it's uh, give a festive glow to the occasion it says either one person 
can lead the Seder, reading or reciting each reading and making the blessings, or everyone can take turns. I encourage everyone to take turns because it'll be like the circle of life going on and it'll keep everybody active and engaged. It's a beautiful Seder anyway, but it involves four cups and all that kind of stuff. And it says the directions concerning which fruit to locate and the mix of the wines should be read aloud. So dictate your instructions. This glass is all white wine or all white grape juice, and we're going to pour our cup, pour somebody else's cup, don't pour your own cup, get the Pesach feeling going where we're all kings and and priests and uh, we serve one another. And so uh, after someone pours your cup for you and then we say the Braca and then the next cup, you add in a little bit of the red and then the third cup, you add in a little bit more red and then the last cup, it's all red. Okay, so it progressively goes from white to red. And so you dictate each time you dictate the fruits and all that kind of stuff. Call it out. Uh, My Benny, the winter soldier, Stav Soldat, that is, uh, he does this beautiful, so funny thing for our third meal in Havdalah's on Shabbat where he'd be like, and now we will have third meal. (laughs) And it's just like, okay, it's like this crazy, like. So it sounds like such a royal announcement from like the king, the castle or something. And then he's like, and now we shall do beer cut. And you're like, okay. But anyway, it's just, it's funny. So try to do something like that. It'll really uh, spice up the atmosphere. And it's so awesome because it's like, it's tuba shavat. It's, it's incredible. So the next thing to take into account, it says hand washing. Fill a large bowl with a flower scented water and float a small cup in it. Carry the bowl from one person to person or set up a washing station in the corner. So just got a couple of options. I kind of like this idea of a large bowl with flower scented water and float a small cup in it. You know, so it's like a different way to do hand washing. And it, and again, it makes this this Yom Tov very unique. It's a minor Yom Tov. It's not a Shabbat. So don't worry about like, oh, I got to go to work. It's OK. And it says, feel how nice it is to place your hands over the bowl. Have someone pour warm water over your fingers. Have a towel ready. Say this blessing, though some may choose to forego it. Love it because Judaism's not monolithic. For one halakha that someone brings up to you, I guarantee you there are tons, if not more, of other halakot that will be very, very different from that same halakha. Anyway, so just so you see here, you don't have to do this, but you can. It says, since, it's you, since it is traditionally recited upon washing the hands before eating bread, which is not eaten here. So you don't eat the bread at this point, but this is just kind of to bring you in. You want to bring in a washing. And isn't it interesting that there is a hand washing that happens during the Pesach Seder and there's no Braca said over it? I'm just saying there's two washings, you know, and then one of those washings was when Mashiach decided to take a towel, wrap it around him and wash his Talmudim's feet. But that's that. But yeah, so you got the the Netilat Yadigim Braca, which is the Baruch Atadonai, Eloheinu Melech HaOlam, Asher Kitshanu B'Mitzvotav Etivanu, Al Netilat Yadigim. 
And then it goes on into reciting some brachot, some verses, some pasuks, okay? You got your first fruit, which will follow your first cup of wine. So you go wine, fruit, wine, fruit, wine, fruit, and wine, fruit. You do that four times. Uh, and one of the customs is to have a vegetarian meal. So if you want to have that, that would be really cool. Uh, and have your holla and all that kind of stuff. So if you can't do that, which I'm not sure at this point what we're going to do, because uh, I know we have um, some real tizzery jigging that we were planning on diving into, but uh, you want to focus on what Hashem has given us from the earth. So uh, some like lasagna, some noodle kugel uh, with fruit, eat other exotic fruits that are placed on the table, look up some vegetarian recipes and things like that. So there's a little rundown there. Uh, and then from this Juliet Hurt, wonderful Seder book, she has an introduction. Let's read all of it and we'll close out with that. It says in Hebrew, two means 15th or 15, which is interesting because Tet Vav, you can actually pronounce it as two. So Tet Vav, two, which is nine plus six which is 15. So it says that's 15. And Shavat is a month that falls in late winter as the season shifts. So what we're really partaking of is a shift. So allow Hashem to shift your mind, shift your consciousness, shift your neshama. And during this time, let's, let's get some resurrection going. Let's get some redemption going. And I want to really encourage you to open your mind and help other people open their mind to the final redemption. Because if we don't have ourselves in that kind of mentality that we can see Mashiach return, we can see the resurrection of the dead, we can hear the sound of the shofar, you know, like if we can't put ourselves in that consciousness, we're, we're short circuiting the system, so to speak. We have to get there. We have to help other people get there, you know, and this is why us reading about what Hashem did for us during the Exodus on a daily basis is super crucial. It's very important that we do these things because we have to allow what we read and what comes into our mind to really permeate our heart, permeate all limbs of who we are. And it needs to overflow out of us. It needs to exude from us. People should smell it, see it, hear it, you know, touch it even when they see us coming. They should be able to have something tangible of redemption, of freedom, of resurrection, of truth, of light, of passion, of worship. Like that should exude from who we are. And if it's not doing that right now, the Tuba Shavat Seder, the Tuba Shavat time is a is a big time for that. And if you miss the Tuba Shavat, Bezrat Hashem next year in Yerushalayim, and Purim is coming up and Pesach is coming up. So there's another round to get on the proverbial roller coaster, which, by the way, travels and doesn't stop and it's not in a fixed loop circuit. So it can go wherever it needs to go. Anyway... So it says that the season shifts towards spring. So we leave from winter into spring. It says the tree sap begins to rise in the land of Israel. 
Tuba Shavat is the 15th day of the month of Shavat. It's a perfect time for thoughtful contemplation. Hanukkah lights are but a memory. We find ourselves in the limbo of low light and dull landscapes. What better time to hunker down like the trees, rest, take stock, and set our intention for Tikkun Olam, repairing the world. What are we going to do? We just experienced Hanukkah. What are we going to do with that light? Before Hanukkah, we experienced Sukkot. What are we going to do with the Kedusha of Sukkot? Before Sukkot, we experienced Yom Kippur. What are we going to do with the inspiration of being in the Holy of Holies? And what got us into the Holy of Holies was Rosh Hashanah, the blast of the shofar. What got us to the blast of the shofar? The teshuva on teshuva we were walking in during Elul. All of those things come to a head now. We rest. We go, let's bring this out for the repairing of the world. All of those things from the past, we reach back and we pull forward. Everything builds on top of each other. This is why it's so crazy when people say, oh, don't do the law. Or actually, well, we said don't do the law, but I mean, don't kill people and don't be, you know, murderers and blasphemous and all that. But, you know, all the other stuff, don't worry about it. And it's just kind of like, but you're pulling out pieces of the building. So, like, how's the building going to stand if you're doing that? Just like this inspiration I'm talking about. If you didn't go through Rosh Hashanah, how are you really going to experience Yom Kippur? But if you take out Rosh Hashanah and you went to Yom Kippur and then you left out Sukkot and then you went to Hanukkah, like, how are you really building on anything? You're, you're missing out on these crucial pieces. But I digress. It says, while the Seder... Seder means order, which is why when you look at your Siddur, it's the same words as Seder. So we literally have a Seder at least three times a day. Because when we do the three prayers, the Ma'ariv, Shakari, Minka, the nighttime, morning, and afternoon prayer, we're doing a Seder. I thought that's interesting because Seder is order and Hashem is a God of order. So... Of course, we would have a Seder, which is a Siddur. Anyway, Shaul did bring that down to the congregation in Corinth. Our God is a God of order. Our God is a God of Seder. Selah. Anyway, it owes its existence to the millennia of Jewish history and traditions. The Seder comes from Jewish history and tradition, i.e. the Mishnah. Yes, Mishnah rearranges to Neshama. Who has a Neshama? Jews. We're all, as human beings, supposed to have a Neshama, but some of us never reach that level because we never become Jews. You see, Hashem, when He created us and brought us forth, He said, I need you to grow. I need you to walk in obedience. I need you to come towards me, walk in repentance, walk in redemption, walk in the truth. And as you do that, you reach levels of your neshama. But if you spend your whole time, you know, going after your own desires, giving into the lust of the flesh, uh, being disobedient and being worldly, loving the world, hating God, that kind of stuff, then you stay on the level of nefesh and ruach. You have moments of inspiration and it feels good. And it's like, oh, that was so moving. That was so inspirational. 
And now I'm going to go back to doing what I was doing. That's called Nefesh and Ruach. But when you have an Ashama, that was inspirational. That was so moving. I'm going to further develop this out. Then you start koshering your kitchen, you enter into the mikvah, you get circumcised if you haven't been. If you have been circumcised, you do hatafat dumb breed. Uh, if you weren't currently wearing zit zit, you start wearing zit zit. If you weren't eating kosher, now you are. Like that kind of stuff. That's in the shama stuff right there. Just want to point that out. Anyway, uh, which is the rearrangement of the word Mishnah. Mishnah and the shama are closely related. Anyway. The Kabbalists were the first to adopt a Tuba Shavat Seder. Okay, so for those of you who love Zohar and Kabbalah, who like to be Kabbalistic, going ballistic, do a Tuba Shavat Seder. There you go. That's the, the best way to be. Holy, holy, holy. Anyway, which includes glasses of wine or juice. And specific fruits, I should be specific, by the way, grape juice, because the only uh, juice that you're allowed to say Bore Prihagafen for is the grape juice. Other fruits that grow on a vine, you actually say Bore Prihadama, who brings forth the fruit from the earth, because the only the only fruit that's worthy of the grapevine blessing is the grape. So that's only wine and only grape juice. Anyway. Same thing for hamotzi. The only time you say hamotzi is literally for bread that grew from the earth. So your wheat, your grains, your rye, your spelt, your oats, like the five uh, popular grains that we remove from our houses during Pesach. Because if they any of those five mix with water and after 18 minutes, they began to be leavened. So you don't want to have that whole interaction happen. So if you want to have the five grains, make sure they are not connected with water. So it's best if you don't have those items or you have them safely guarded. So that way you don't uh, experience having chametz in your house. That wouldn't be good. Anyway, so, uh, yeah, so when you say hamotzi, it needs to be over one of the five grains that has been baked into a loaf. So if you have a bagel, it's uh, boremi name as an oat who uh, creates all various kinds of food. That's that bracha. Anyway, just a couple of uh, insights on the brachas, just so you know. Uh, you have specific fruits that are eaten while reflecting on certain Jewish texts. You're consuming fruits on this day with the right kavana. Everybody say kavana. Kavana is intention. So you have to have intention. The scientists understand intention literally changes the atmosphere. It affects how people perceive you. So, for example, when you know you're on your way to work, whatever intention you have for what what you're doing on your way to work and when you get to work, whatever kind of intention you have for that whole time, like, oh, today's going to be a horrible day or oh, I can't stand so-and-so. I hope so-and-so is not there because if they're there, then, oh, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm going to be so, oh, I'm so livid with this person. If you have that in your psyche, your Kavanaugh is off point, like a nun ball pin, off point, because ball point pin, on point, like a ball pin. Anyway, if your Kavanaugh is off, guess what? That's exactly what you're going to get when you walk into work. It's going to be a horrible day. You're going to see so-and-so who you did not want to see, and then they're going to do something that's going to make you extra, extra with them, you know, 
being extra. Extra is a hood term for like uncalled for, unnecessary. Why you like that? You need to calm down. Why you why you bugging? Why you irritating me? Okay, that's extra. So if somebody's being extra with you, you're just like, don't get extra. Don't get extra with me right now. Don't do it. Okay, anyway. And because extra is a gum, because I'll chew you up. You don't want it. Anyway, not that we need to be violent, but we don't fight unless provoked. I'm just kidding. Half kidding. Because sometimes Amalek provokes us, and that's that's really the person who we need to fight. So save it for Amalek, because we need that. Anyway, need to fight. We need to fight for Amalek. Okay, save your fight for him. Don't Don't take your fight out on people who are innocent bystanders. And yes, our enemies are innocent bystanders, because Mashiach says we're supposed to pray for our enemies. You know, so what does that mean? So Amalek is an enemy, yes, but how do you pray for Amalek? You actually focus on being a person full of amuna, a person full of prayer and Torah study and acts of kindness. That's how you fight. So anyway, Kavanaugh, it's important. So you can change everything by your intention. You want a good day at work? Intend for your day at work to be good. Rabbi Griffin brought this down from Rabbi Zamek Zedek that says, think good and it will be good. Kavanaugh. Anyway, so you have to you have to consume fruit with the right Kavanaugh. And it says, because it was believed to release the divine sparks in the fruit and bring the world into greater harmony. You want to see world peace? You can eat your way into it through the Tuba Shabbat Seder. In modern times, Tuba Shabbat has been adopted as a tool of environmental activism. In Yisrael, it's a national holiday on which adults and children have planted millions of trees over the years. In its simplest form, Tuba Shabbat is celebrated as the joyful birthday of trees. Yes, so a yom yom who led it to all the trees. Even young children help plant seeds and saplings, sing songs, and eat birthday cake. So there's that. And it says the theme of this Seder is intention. Kavanah. The theme of Tuba Shabbat, Kavanah. It's all about your Kavanah. It says consider choosing an intention to reflect on during the Seder. Hold in your mind... While eating the fruit, your Kavanaugh might be religious or secular, specific, like care for a particular sick friend, personal, like intending to live more peacefully, or grand, like protection of the world's forests. Please enjoy. Beshalom, Juliet. So that will conclude our Tuba Shavat. Get you some. Uh, from the Seder book uh, and a few shots from Rabbi Chuckman on the way out. Talmud teaches wine goes in and the secret comes out. Eruvin 65a. In a certain case, we can relate wine, the wine of these three holidays as the sap of new spiritual energy rising from the most hidden secret level of our souls until its full potential is revealed and our truly feeling we are personally coming out of our own Egypt, our own narrow psychological and spiritual straits. We are taught that there are 70 faces to the Torah. 
70 ways to look at the Torah. Zohar 3, 249b is the source for that. The world or the word for wine, which is in Hebrew, yayin, it equals 70, as does the word for sowed, which is secret. And Mashiach told us about this secret when he said in Matityahu 13, 11, and he replied to them, to you has been given to know the sowed of the kingdom of Shemaim, but to them it has not been given. Okay, like the people who are outside of Torah and stuff, who are, who don't want to be in covenant, who don't want to convert to people who don't want to be Jewish. Okay, anyway, says so the sowed and the wine, the 70 faces of Torah. It says the statement, the wine goes in and the secret comes out, can be understood to mean that the proper consumption of wine, i.e. Kavanah, with the right spiritual intentions, draws forth from us new and inspirational insights into the 70 faces of Torah, the inner secret dimensions of the Torah. I guarantee you're going to get your mind blown. If your Kavanaugh is on point like a ball pen for Tuba Shabbat and we're drinking these wines and eating these fruits, I guarantee you Hashem is going to do something ridiculous. So prepare yourselves. Another thing that was brought up, there's a tradition that on Tuba Shabbat, the sap or life force of the tree begins to ascend once more, bringing new life to the tree. Tuba Shabbat always comes out during or right after the Torah portion of Beshalach in which the Jewish people leave Mitzrayim. Do we go from exile to freedom, from the narrow straits of Egypt to the expanded consciousness of being God's people? Selah. Being God's people takes an expanded consciousness. It's not a one-dimensional thing. You have now stepped beyond the constraints and confines of nature. Don't get crazy, but understand when you're taking obedience to Hashem over natural things, you know, like if your family wants you to break Shabbat, if you have people who pressure you to not eat kosher, you have people who pressure you to not dress the newt, okay, take the challenge, be obedient to Hashem, and watch what happens. Nature gets overturned every single time, I guarantee. Now, it's going to be rough. But, I mean, it's a tough transition, but it, in, the, in the end, you're going to be like, oh, my gosh, this is ridiculous. Uh, this is wow. And Hashem's like, thank you for being obedient. Now, here's the split C. Go forth. Go to Mount Sinai. When you get to Mount Sinai, the mountain is going to hover in the air. It's not going to be on the earth anymore. You're going to feel like, what in the world? Because now, instead of hearing things, you're going to be seeing what you're hearing. Because that's how it works with Hashem. But anyway, Tuba Shabbat always comes out during this time, and it says... That we become God's people because the new life force in nature is now rising. So there was this point that he brought down that to us, it looks like the sun and the moon are revolving around us. But in actuality, we're revolving around the sun. And so now he's pointing to the fact that, okay, so new life force is coming up in nature but new life force is coming up in us. So is it new life coming up in us because of it coming up in nature? Or is new life coming up in nature because new life coming up in us? Obviously, the answer is yes. 
because it's all in the perception and reality is not so uh, static as we think it is. But that's a drosh for another time, but I will leave it at that. And it goes on to say, Tuba Shabbat represents new life, not only in nature, but also in the spiritual psyche of man. The full moon of Tuba Shabbat begins a redemptive cycle that moves next to Purim and on the full moon of Adar and then climaxes on Pesach, the full moon of Nisan. May Tuba Shabbat awaken in us a new consciousness of our power to affect reality in all its levels, from the world of nature to the divine worlds, and with it, the awareness of the great responsibility that goes with that power. And again, on the reality talk, it says, therefore, objective reality is actually quite subjective. In other words, our actions, our prayers, and our thoughts directly affect and alter reality, even if we are unaware of it. Selah. And since we're partaking of the the happy birthday trees kind of thing, remember, we are like trees. The Torah is like trees. Like the Torah is called a tree. We're called a tree, that kind of thing. Because brought down, obviously, Rabbi Tonka Truck, he says that Devarim 20, verse 19, it says, A tree of the field is a man and an enemy that rises up against you in war. And also the Torah is known as a tree. It says, Rabbi Abraham Ibn Ezra, a medieval biblical commentator, reads this question as a statement that compares man to a tree. In fact, throughout the ages, rabbis, mystics, and poets have used various types of trees and their produce, the tree's growth cycle, and the tree's component parts, roots, trunk, branches, leaves, and fruit, as rich symbolic material for illustrating both the human life cycle and the nature of the Jewish people. Uh, yeah, and, and then again, the Torah, Torah is called the tree of life. Those who grasp his branches, you know, that whole proverb. And then Mashiach says, you shall know a tree by its fruit. So what kind of fruit are we producing? And may it be new fruit, may it be bountiful fruit, and may it be the fruit of the final redemption. Baruch b'shem Adonai. Baruch atah Adonai, Eloheinu melech haolam, asher natan lanu Torah temet, vekaye olam natabetokeinu. Baruch atah Adonai, noten ha Torah. Amen.